0: Tis the season for runners with the holidays right around the corner. Whether you're shopping for your favorite runner in your life or want to treat yourself, Running Warehouse has got you covered with their official 2023 holiday gift guide. Of course, we've got opinions too. Gooder sunglasses are always a go-to for us. They come in endless design options and are something that runners will never argue about having multiple pairs of. The naked band isn't just a gift, it's a life changer for the way it lets runners take all things on the run while making it compact and completely unobtrusive. Finally, you've got to go search for the CLA Holiday Cap in Iconic Athletics folio Color. It's amazing and we love that it exists. New from our favorite headgear company, this hat is both perfect for dead of winter runs and your next Christmas story party all at once. Head over to Running Warehouse's Holiday Gift Guide to check out all this stuff and more. Visit the link in our description or run straight to runningwarehouse.com today. Welcome to the Doctors of Running Podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. It's that time where we are going to be going through our favorite shoes from 2023. This is going to be broken up into two parts. So this is the first of a two-part series on our favorite shoes of the year because, believe it or not, when it comes to talking about our favorite shoes, we get a little bit long-winded. So in the first part, you're going to be hearing from Andrea, David, and Matt, and they're going to be talking through their favorite daily trainers, favorite stability shoes, and favorite performance trainers for – 2023, And they're also going to be providing their runner up in part two, you're going to be hearing their favorite picks for long distance racing shoes, short distance racing shoes and trail shoes. So there's a lot to get through. And we're excited to share kind of all of our favorite picks from this year. One other thing that I wanted to point out is just how thankful we are for all of you in supporting us in this past year. It's been another huge year of growth for us, and we've just been having a lot of fun along the way with our team. And if you would like to contribute to being a part of the work that we're doing and help uh, make it easier for us to continue to create content, um, you can visit our coffee site. So it's ko-fi.com slash Doctors of Running. That allows you, if you want to, there is no obligation to provide a one Time gift to our work. Um, all of that money goes straight to us and um, contributes to the work that we're doing. But let's jump into the episode and hear from Matt, David, and Andrea.
1: Today we are very lucky to have a unique team. Who we are oh, the three of us don't always get to see each other because we like kind of like, kind of go in and out. But I'm super excited to have with me Dr. Andrew Myers and Dr. David Salas. I'm, of course, um, Matt Klein, founder, and I am very fortunate to have all of us together. It feels like it's like like Riverside Holiday. It's really, really nice.
2: Yeah, this is great. <laughs> so
1: it's great. <laughs> Right. We are gonna do a special episode. We're doing the best of for twenty twenty three. We've got a couple different categories, be it daily trainers, performance trainers, stability, slash stable neutral shoe, five K, ten K five K to half marathon, marathon racing shoe, and of course Ah, uh, David's favorite trail, which is basically just a bunch of road shoes that he took on. I'm just kidding. Sorry, we don't know. <laughs> I hope that reference makes sense. So we've got a the OG a, fans got it. Yeah, I'm we've sure. got a pretty solid lineup. I'm really excited. I think we're probably going to have some similar choices. And I'm excited to have some mild arguments about our our different choices, but we'll see what happens. This is always really fun. So before I go any farther, how's everybody? How's everybody doing? I haven't seen. We haven't all been together for a little bit. So, what's up?
2: Things are good, keeping busy. Um, I'm getting ready for the Osaka Marathon at the end of February. So, training is back in full swing. Um, lots of bike fitting, PT, you know, coaching, all the usual.
1: Sweet. So you're getting ready for marathon. David just finished a marathon and finished solidly at CIM and survived. It didn't have to take a bathroom break, which is a big, (laughs) massive improvement, right? I'm sorry, David.
3: (laughs) It's terrible.
1: At least you two can finish marathons. I'm not here going, I don't want to ever do that again. So two are better than me on that. So yeah, sounds like everybody's doing good. This has been kind of a wild year. We've had some really interesting shoes come out, some... kind of waiting on some updates as well. But there's also been some crazy stuff. Like, it's been a cool year to be part of this. And I'm always, as always, I think we're all very thankful to be able to do and have the opportunities and connections that we have with different companies and be able to hopefully help you, uh, the listener and watcher, be able to make some decisions about what might work best for you. Because we're, I, I, I can speak for myself, I don't know about you two, but still learning what works best for me. And that seems to also evolve. So, yeah. Are you two ready to talk about the best of for 2023? Definitely ready. Sweet. All right. So as the kind of most classic category, we're going to start with this first, because to be honest, as sexy as some of the racing shoes can be, the majority of miles that all runners in the world do are done in daily trainers, right? This is the bread and butter of what you should be really wearing most of the time. I'm going to do an episode talking about some of my concerns about doing too many miles in super shoes and things like that. But that's not for this this time. What our thing is, again, going to be doing the best daily trainers of 2023. So who wants to go first? Who wants to throw their contender into the ring for best daily trainer?
2: Um, this is a pretty easy answer for me. Um... I'm on my third pair for this year. So I've got probably 500, 600 miles in total on the Brooks Hyperion Max. Um, This is a shoe that when I got it, I didn't think I was going to like it at all. Eight millimeter drop. Haven't loved a lot of Brooks shoes in the past, although that's definitely changed this year. But I've just been, this is my go-to shoe. I do easy runs on it, long runs, strides, workouts, like there's really nothing this shoe can't do, which is why I'm on my third pair. Um, The things I really like about it, even though it's got like a moderate stack height, I think the stack is thirty-four twenty-six if I'm not mistaken, with a drop of eight. It doesn't feel really high and it's not soft pretty much at all. So you still get some ground feel. Got a nice rocker profile. This nice heel bevel here definitely makes it feel a little less than an 8 millimeter drop for me. And got a nice toe spring, four foot rocker that really gives you like a nice forward rolling feeling. Um, at easy paces and then it really gets more noticeable the more you pick up the pace. I ran 12 miles in it this morning with some marathon pace work and some strides and just solidified. Every time I run in it, it's like... This is the best year I've run in in a long time in terms of just its overall um, applicability to any pace.
1: So the most important question that the listeners want to know is if you had to make a choice between the Beacon and the Hyperion Max... Which would you well, choose?
2: I I can't remember what episode we talked about this, but since the yeah oh we did oh but no I already ah, I will put awful. a caveat here: ah. the beacon no longer exists, so I have to choose the Hyperion Fair. Max. However, if the beacon still existed, that would be a really hard choice. I would probably choose the beacon because I like the way it rides. But the one thing I didn't like about the beacon was how. Um, not durable it was like i was lucky to get 175 miles on it cuz the outsole wore out. This is my old pair that has over 300 miles on it and it's still That's in pretty, pretty good. good shape. Wow. So because this exists and the beacon doesn't it's my top choice now. It hurts it. my heart to say So not
1: worth going searching not worth searching through the like dark alleys of the, of eBay to get another pair of beacons. You'll stick with a no, hybrid max.
2: But I still available. do have one okay, got extra it. pair of beacons. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Got it. Just, just holding on yeah. for,
2: for, for a rainy say. day. Got it. Yeah. All right.
1: So that's mm-hmm. for a rainy day. Got it. All right, David, what's your tra- daily training shoe of the year?
3: Yeah. I, this, so this one's an interesting one because I feel like people that have been following us know that I have just like, done a lot of miles and have really loved one shoe for 11 months of the year and then I changed my mind. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I I want to give that quick shout out cuz that's an honorable mention for me. Uh the Saucony Ride 16. So, I've done a lot of miles in this shoe, daily efforts, I've literally done track workouts in it as well. Um I it's kind of like that stable neutral box that we check where there's like it's a little bit firm, it's Just power on EVA, like I always joke, it's like kind of boring in the best way. And um, there's like some nice soul flaring and it's a very productive, I don't know, it's just a consistent, predictable ride and it gets the job done. And there's nothing really overly bells and whistles about it. You know, it's just a very simple kind of daily trainer. And that was my shoe. And I thought it was going to be my shoe for almost the entire year. And then I got the Nike Bomero (laughs) 17s. So the Bomero's are like one of those shoes where I almost like, I didn't know what to expect when I had gotten it, but I didn't expect to like it that much. And once I put it on, it was like kind of the simplicity that I was talking about with the ride. I got that in this, but there was also that layer of Zoom X and it wasn't overbearing. It did enough to give some cushioning and give a little bit more liveliness to that toe off without giving up that kind of simple neutral daily training feel and so it was a classic feel uh hugged my foot well the upper was comfortable everything about it was nice and then they have those zoom x sidewalls that also kind of help stabilize that a little bit where it's like it I, I don't know how much it actually helps but it does give a little bit of a centralization feel at least proprioceptively and um yeah, just neutral workhorse trainer. And even though it has that Zoom X, it's a little bit softer. The lugs on the bottom actually work pretty well. Those that know me know I run on a lot of things that aren't just road. So (laughs) it's kind of a shoe I can take a little bit of everywhere. It doesn't feel horrible doing strides, but I I don't, I wouldn't really do workouts in this one and you could, but I, I think I'd rather stick to daily efforts. But for just log miles, it gets it done. And I mean, in our world, if you get a shoe to like a hundred miles, that's kind of like an accomplishment. And I've only had this shoe. I mean, when did we get this? Like early December, maybe late November.
1: Oh, I think it was more uh-huh. October. Just October mm-hmm. was it earlier? Yeah, it was earlier oh, than that. Wow. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I still, I have about a hundred miles on these, you Sweet. know, and that's that's across reviewing other shoes. And in the like last week or so leading up to CIM, I stopped testing other shoes and just ran only in my vomeros because um, I didn't want to risk any injury or anything. So uh, the vomero has quickly become kind of like a fun daily training option and it added some life to the steps. And I appreciated that.
1: So wait, which which one gets your overall top daily trainer of the year?
3: Oh, the Romero. Oh, I, Romero I does. Okay, got I it. I wasn't clear about that. No, okay. Yeah. Just want to clarify. My bad. It. Yeah. Okay, got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, so the Nike Romero seventeen. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right.
1: <laughs> all right. That makes sense. Yeah. So like, it
3: was the Saucony ride up until yeah. we got this guy. Got it. And then,
1: it. yeah. Now I have to. I have to certainly agree with David, but I'm actually going to go with his original choice for mine because the Saucony ride was just one of those. shoes. David already mentioned the things that I really really enjoyed, where it's. One of the lighter trainers on the market, it's definitely stable, neutral, and did a good job of this. I actually prefer this over the guide 16 because I found the guide 16, that, that plastic piece to just be too aggressive and too like in my arch. This did perfect. So this, the ride has been, and I've got well over hundred miles on my pair. And, we, I still need to do a hundred mile review of this, and I'm going to plug you to remember to do a hundred mile review on the Vomero 17, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to hear your, your full thoughts on it. But the snappiness is a shoe. I, we've all three of us have talked about this, but before we actually got on here, is that I've been trying to do a little bit less workouts in the in uh, super shoes, and part of that's also because we haven't gotten anything any major new stuff at the moment, except. The Alpha Fly Three, which that's now right. ruined this. I was gonna say, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big lie. Yeah, <laughs> so I've done a lot of workouts <laughs> in this shoe, a lot of my easy runs, and it's just firm enough to be to be something I really like. It's not mushy, but it's also to be it's snappy enough that it can handle up tempo stuff, workouts super easily. But it's also smooth enough to handle long runs. If you like something just a teeny bit firmer, because the stack height has increased from prior versions, at least as, as the 15 did. So really nice refined version. So this is my daily training shoe of the year. Um, for those reasons fit really good, kind of everything I wanted from basically essentially a lightweight trainer. That's really a daily trainer. So that's mine. Now what I want to follow up with, what is your, unless you said it already, what would be your runner up daily trainer of the year? Oh, well, mine would be the
3: Saucony ride.
1: Got it. Yeah. Andrea. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm going to say mine would be one that we got recently, um, the A6 Nova Blast 4, which is actually my mm, stable yeah. neutral choice. Um, got it. Yeah,
3: solid shoe. Another, Another shoe, shoe
2: that I wasn't sure I would like. Eight millimeter drop, you know, huge posterior sole flare, but I love the shoe. So, and
3: wait, is your midsole, does it have two different colors?
2: It does. It's very, very, yeah.
3: David, you that. also have the green. I've got the green one i got the green well, on green. Just, the thing, it's like slimed it, out. It. Yeah. <laughs> got it.
2: <laughs> it's
3: like literally just monochrome <laughs> the entire shoe. So,
2: Yeah, I like the Nova Blast 4 so much. I thought about using it on my like medium long run today, um, but stuck with my trusty Hyperion Max. But yeah, Nova Blast 4 was a nice, pleasant surprise for me at the end of the year. Awesome. I think it's great. a
1: great choice. So I'm actually going to have to go the opposite way of David as I felt the same about the Nike Vomero, where it's this shoe that just kind of <laughs> crept up on me. And I was like, I didn't, some of the fit honestly felt a little bit off. Like it feels like almost like a tiny bit long, even though it isn't. And, but the more miles I got in it, the more I'm like, this is just a solid daily training shoe. And so for that reason, I'm going to have to give the Vomero, which I never thought I would after years of going what's going on with this shoe the runner up award. The other shoe I got to give a shout out to is the Saucony Triumph 21, uh, which I've got 100 miles on. And like the previous version, has done extremely well. Midsole is a little bit more bouncy. It's not quite, it's not always stable enough for me unless I'm really working on my strength and lower body stability. But Triumph 21, Vomero 20, uh, 17, both really solid um, uh, runner up options as daily trainer of the year. And there was some really good stuff this year. So I was really, really impressed. Anything else you two want to add to final thoughts on daily trainer of the year?
2: I would say I would echo your your comments about the Vomero 17. While it wasn't one of my top two, the fit of the rear foot was just... It was the best fitting rear foot of the year. And that's kind of a weird uh, <laughs> prize to give a shoe. But just the second I put it on, I was like, this feels amazing. Um, it, it's
0: got yeah, hold, and yeah. it
2: just feels so like plush you're almost like you're running in like a slipper um it was a little clunky for me but which is why it's not one of my top ones but i definitely liked the sidewalls and the rear foot and just the overall fit
1: yeah the rear foot was just a teeny bit clunky and then all of a sudden you're like why do I keep grabbing this shoe i still don't understand (laughs) but so i get it david any thoughts from you
3: no i'm trying to think of who has the best rear foot fit of the year now (laughs)
1: <laughs> are we adding categories now?
3: <laughs> the most like yeah. obscure categories possible, like <laughs> best sidewalls. We wall should year, do best, that. We should have like best we're crash do pad, pad of the year, best, <laughs> best, best
1: sidewalls, best rear foot, be- best heel bevel. Best. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question.
3: Oh I don't know. man! Huh.
1: <laughs> All right, are we ready to do either stability shoe or stable neutral shoe of the year?
3: Yes. Yeah, we could do that.
1: All right. Are you two okay if I go first since I'm the one go that typically needs more stability? I'm so gonna we laugh. Actually,
3: remember uh,
1: yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to
3: cut you off there, yeah. but remember we were doing the ranking on stability episode and we oh, just I kept waiting to disagree same. with each other no, and we we're like we didn't. the same. I'm like yeah. totally waiting for this best of episode and we're usually polar opposites <laughs> to be like
1: this one, hey, this one, this one. We, down might, the line. we might change here, so we'll have to see. But my single right, shoe of the year is the Asics 6 GT 2012. This shoe blew me away. I've got about 150 miles on my pair and I have just really, really loved what they've done with this shoe. And I'm going to say it again that – Again, best riding the new foam that's underfoot gives it a lot more like not like a super shoe, but a good amount more training bounce. It's a shoe I've done long runs in really comfortably. And I personally this year between breaking my toe early in the year, um, just the amount of stuff that I've had to do, have it, you know, my wife giving birth to a child, all this stuff. It's been really hard for me to get back into doing long runs. Um, just because I haven't had the energy or the time. This has been one of the few shoes that I know I can do a long run in because I trust it enough. It's, they've redesigned how they do stability so the medial post is gone, but it's still more like geometric stability that actually provides a good amount of medial uh, support throughout. So it, it's just such a smooth ride. The the heel has gotten so much better. Could it still be a little bit better? Yes, but the way they've set up the geometry just collapses So nicely and essentially a crash pad a la David's favorite in the rear foot. Fits really nice, kind of borders between that like performance and daily trainer fit. So, again, I've done workouts, long runs, I've done everything in this shoe. And I really got to say that the GT 2000 series has really come forward as a top contender this year. And that's why this shoe is by far my favorite stability shoe of 2023. Well, dang, now I feel like I have to try it. Yeah, you should. I really like it. All right, who wants to go next?
3: I can go next. Um, So I didn't get the GT2000, so that's not my pick. (laughs) So they're actually, from a pure stability category, I didn't really get wowed by any specific models across this year. Like, there was a lot of good ones, but there wasn't really anything that I was like, yes, that is shoe of the year. Um, So I'm going to be a little bit more on the stable neutral category here. But they do market it as elements of stability and some light stability um my pick is going to be now i gotta remember which number it is on the model i think it's seven <laughs> yeah it is okay uh the hoka stinson seven ah so, solid choice yeah The so all-terrain type shoe a lot of people think of it as specifically a trail shoe but they market it as an all-terrain it's kind of like what you had
1: your finger up I, I i it so we we talked about this briefly but it's got the same elements that the Gavoida has. I forget what it's called. Gavioda. It's like an H. Yeah, sorry, I can't pronounce that. Um, It's got that like H stability thing that they talk about. Yeah, in yeah, there. So H frame I think in there, yeah. The H frame, yeah. So I think this is actually, based on what you and I talked about during our stability comparison, I think you're totally valid in adding this in the stability. But why do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just really built. I mean, okay, this is a chunky shoe. There's a lot going on here. So if you don't like heavy shoes, this is not going to be for you. But it, all those boxes we talk about, it checks. It's got a wide base. It's got good sole flaring. The upper is, it has a little bit of stretch trip, But again, this is kind of like an all-terrain. Like there's, that thing locks down. It's meant to be able to tackle trails too. And it's a very trustworthy platform. Um, good traction from the lugs. And then that H-frame underneath, it's set up almost like you have two separate crash pads where you kind of have like kind of that firmness that comes here. If you're listeners, I'm basically looking at the heel here. And along the medial and lateral aspect, there's kind of like a firmer piece of foam in there. And then there's like a cutout kind of underneath that calcaneus and underneath the forefoot. And I might have the uh, anthropometrics of this a little bit off, you know, from what it like exactly is, but that's essentially what it comes down to is that there's a little bit of give here and a little bit of give here. And there's a little bit of rigidity elsewhere kind of giving you some guidance and keeping you centered. Uh, so the overall ride, I mean it's it's plush and protective, but it's still on the firmer side. It's an EVA based shoe. So I feel like even though it's pretty high up, what is like forty two millimeters of stack? Is that oh I, I think I it's believe?
1: it's above that. Yeah.
3: Oh no, like, wait, this one's like forty seven. Yeah, isn't it's it?
1: forty six, forty seven. It's yeah, massive. I don't know yeah.
3: which which one am I thinking of is forty two. Yeah, no, it's forty seven. Oh, You're right. This thing's yeah. high up. Yeah does not feel like 47, though. I feel like it actually, like, they do a good job of stabilizing 47 millimeters yeah. of foam. That's a lot of foam to work yeah. with. So uh, I think they did a great job. They have good, like, even the sidewalls, the sole flare, and the traction, like, everything checks those boxes. And if you don't mind the shoe being over 11 ounces, or <laughs> 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 was it 12? It's 11, right? It's, it's under 12, I think. I don't remember. That's a good question. Yeah, but... I should have looked that one up before calling yeah. it out. Um, I would also but I would add that I definitely think it's, north of yeah. 11, maybe north of 12.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd also add that it's by far one of the most stable trail shoes. It's a road trail shoe, technically, correct? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like an, all-terrain, yeah, an all-terrain or whatever. Yeah. It's by far the most stable trail shoe. And people often ask like, hey, what's, is there any stability trail shoes? And honestly, I can't, there's not a ton out in the market. I mean, the Asics Trabuco used to have a medial post and I haven't tried it recently. And I don't know if that's still present, but This is actually a great option if you truly need stability and trails. I think it's, that's awesome. So Andrea, you ready?
2: I'm ready. So um, for listeners who don't know, main stability, like traditional stability don't get along. Um, No one sends me stability shoes because they have been told that I will not like them, but um, I, there are tons of stable neutral shoes that I like. So my choice, which I mentioned before is the Asics Nova Blast four and you know, we talk a lot about how stability for one person is different than stability for another person. So it depends on your biomechanics. It depends on any specific issues you have with strength, mobility, ligamentous laxity. So many factors go into what stable means for an individual. So for me, I've sprained my ankles. Who knows how many times I grew up playing basketball had a really bad sprain a few years ago in a trail race so and i land on my lateral midfoot so i need shoes that basically help me to not land too far laterally and the nova blast 4 does a great job of that because of how the 4 foot sole flare is oriented i don't know if you can see in the video but on the lateral side the sole flare extends a little further posteriorly than on the medial side. So it really corresponds nicely to where I land. And I feel like it gives me, like I land at the widest part of the shoe. And the other thing that I really like about this shoe is unlike a lot of ASICs shoes where the uh, forefoot rocker starts really early, the forefoot rocker starts a little later in this shoe. So it actually gives me time to land and roll forward before hitting that rocker. Shoes like the magic speed, which I actually like, but the forefoot rocker starts so early, it feels like I just land and then boom, like the rocker pushes me forward. And that's okay when I'm running fast, but when I'm running slower, it just, it feels very unstable for me. So the main thing that I really like about the shoe regarding uh, stability is the design of the forefoot Soul Flare. But the other thing that's really great about this shoe is just how well the upper fits. They've really integrated the tongue nicely with the upper and it just really locks down your midfoot nicely. Didn't have any issues with heel slippage or any irritation from the laces or the tongue. So yeah, this, this shoe I've done a lot of like, you know, 45 minute to hour runs on it, but I am definitely going to use it on some easier long runs because I think it'll be quite comfortable for that the other thing I, I want can to say, that. yeah, have you? How long yeah, have I've you a taken in it? Yeah, nice.
3: Yeah, and it was good. Yeah.
2: The other thing I want to mention about this shoe, which has maybe some to do with stability, but more so just how it performs for people who land further forward. You know, you could have a shoe that's like 35 millimeters in the heel, but if it's an eight or 10 millimeter drop, the forefoot really isn't that cushioned. But because this shoe for women. It's 40 and a half in the heel, 32.5 in the forefoot. I still get a ton of cushion where I land. And the midsole in this shoe is not super soft. Like it has a little bit of give, but it's definitely quite protective. So it just, it is so comfortable to run in. And it actually feels like it gives me the forefoot cushioning that I'm looking for. So definitely my choice for stable neutral and my runner up for trainer of the year. So. I'm very happy I got the shoe to test.
1: Sweet. All right. Those are great. So we're ready for some runner ups. Oh, for stability, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I'm gonna. Sh- I know this is kind of more in the racing realm, but it is a stability shoe. So I gotta give Brooks a <laughs> shout out for the Hyperion GTS. I have well over 100 miles in my pair, and it is not a super shoe. The foam is not super. It is not maximal stack height. But I feel like my love for this is similar to Andrea's love for the uh, Hyperion Max, where like for me, like I I thrived years ago when we had all these like. I was, I came in at the very tail end of when they actually had stability racing shoes and then those all disappeared, right? kind of people kind of went the minimalist route, then they went maximalist and all that got left behind. So this is one of the, this is the lightest stability shoe that I know of on the market right now. Is it aggressive? No, it's just got sidewalls on the medial and lateral side. That's it. It's got a wider base, but it's still a shoe that can go. Faster, which I really, really like. This and the temp, the Tempest was 2022. This and the Tempest have kind of been go to shoes for me. Again, especially this year where I've started to slowly try to do more workouts in non super shoes just to kind of balance things out. So I really like where Brooks is going with this. Is there still some stuff I'd like to see? I to make this a little bit more super. Yes, I would like to see that, but I got to give props and runner up to the Hyperion GTS for both the durability, which has been phenomenal as well as just a really fun ride that I keep reaching for. So that is my runner up stability shoe of the year.
3: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll piggyback off of that one. Mine is the Hyperion GTS. That's why I was oh, laughing wow. when you pulled wow. it out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, uh, we haven't talked uh, yeah. about this shoe. I feel like we've got to talk
1: about this. Yeah, thing. I feel yeah. like
3: we need to talk about that one more. Um, it's on the wall. I don't have it to hold, but, um, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's simple in a lot of the ways that I'd like to see, especially with how like crazy a lot of these shoes are getting and it's, and it's stable, right? Like it's simple, but it's stable. It's lightweight. You can kind of do a little bit of everything with it. And I give them some props because there really isn't any shoes in that like lightweight stability category for those that need it. And so almost just for like kind of prop points there, they, it kind of got boosted up because it's unique. And um, but those guide rails, you feel them. I mean, we got yeah. the Hyperion and the Hyperion GTS and I noticed the
1: difference. Yeah, you are know? very different. And, yeah.
3: Yeah. Like I feel like that's one of those ones. And is it the most stable thing on the planet? No, but it's not meant to be. And for those that need a little bit, like, but still want to be able to turn over and do things, I think that's a great option from a versatility standpoint. So um. Yeah, that's why I was honestly, if it wasn't for the Stinson, that was probably going to be my stability pick of the year. Wow. Um. Uh, then the Stinson kind of wowed me late in the year too. So,
2: well, my runner-up pick is a shoe that I didn't love, but I think did stable neutral so well that it's worth mentioning, and that's the Brooks Ghost Max. I don't have it up here with me right Whoa. now, but. I That's not it. a bad one. That's a good one. Yeah, good choice. They they made that shoe. It's got a super wide base. It's got a really well-fitting upper. Um, I believe it's six millimeter drop, which I liked. I found it just a little stiff. Like I actually found that it kept me too far lateral when I ran, and I just it that doesn't work well for me. But I think it's well done because one, it's gonna work for people who use orthotics. Two, it's going to work for people who typically need more stability, like maybe people who in the past have needed a medial post. They might be able to get away with running in the Ghost Max. Um, And it'll work for more neutral runners who just want a shoe that's a little more grounded. So that would be my runner-up, even though it wasn't one of my tops for the year.
1: Speaking of which, not to keep adding things, I know we're doing one top (laughs) one runner-up. Oh, it's your category. It's a stability. Yeah, we yeah. Kind of <laughs> gets the
3: green light there.
1: <laughs> I, I have to give a shout out in terms of the most stable, neutral shoe for me. I don't have my pair because my father-in-law needed them more than me in terms of his feet were hurting. And I was like, we're the same size. So I'm like, he needs something for work. And I'm like, let me give you these. But the Saucony Echelon 9 blew my thoughts about so- about stable, neutral out of the water. And I am probably going to purchase another pair because they're so comfortable. I use that shoe it was wide enough that when I broke my toe early in the year, it was rocket enough that, and stable enough that it worked well. And I was still running on a broken toe um, probably not the smartest thing and I would not suggest that to anyone but that shoe was phenomenal and definitely one of my top shoes of the year not enough to get like daily trainer of the year but it was a phenomenal shoe so from a stable stable neutral standpoint I would really 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 give props to the Saucony Echelon 9 also as a shoe that can take orthotics super well as I actually ex- went out of my way and a big thank you to Snails pace for letting me come down and Bring a shoe in and try put a bunch of orthotics in there because I usually don't use orthotics. I usually, to be honest, will take foam pads and create my own arch support in the on the insoles to do that. And that's a, a, a episode that I'll upload at some point how to edit your shoes. But again, both the Ghost Max and the Echelon Nine. Are really awesome shoes. And I actually, Andrew, I had the same thing with the Ghost Max where it pushed me too lateral and I kept getting IT band stuff. And I was like, why am I? And so I actually videotaped myself and found myself getting like overcorrected. I'm like, oh, that's, that's why I got it. So both very awesome, stable shoes, both great options for people. Cause I feel like the previous like orthotic friendly shoes, no offense, they sucked. They were just stiff, uncomfortable, and they're like, People I'm like, yeah, this is the best. When I worked in running stores, I'm like, this is the best we got. Like, they're like, oh, this feels like terrible. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is what's going to work. And they're like, okay. But now you've got some really great options that even people that don't need orthotics, like you've got some really awesome stable neutral stuff out there. So shout out to both Sockety and Brooks for some really good stable neutral stuff out there. All right. Are we ready to get to some more uh, kind of like sexy shoes now? All right. So let's do performance trainer of the year. And Andrew, we'll go back to having you go first this time. I'll go right. last.
2: Let's see if uh, David and I agree on this category because this shoe. <laughs>
1: probably,
2: I think we're about to.
1: <laughs>
3: uh,
2: this shoe just made my year. It was like the shoe I've been, you know, waiting for. I've used it for everything, including long runs, although it's not really a long run shoe. But like any any pace workout, it's the best for, and that is the Topo Cyclone Two. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? Did you think I was going to pick something else? <laughs> no, I was just—I
1: knew Topo was going to get on here at some point, so it's just going. Okay, here we go.
2: So <laughs> shout yeah, out to
1: Topo, by the way. They're doing great. I'm really impressed. This shoe was awesome.
2: Yeah, this yeah. shoe. Um, yeah, we could have a whole episode about Topo, but I'll focus on my performance trainer of the year. So full Pex midsole, which is Topo's first full Pex shoe um let's see the stack height is 27 in the heel 22 in the forefoot this shoe is super light for a women's size eight it's 5.9 ounces which is i think just a few tenths of an ounce heavier than the vaporfly so that's pretty awesome and it it's got enough stack that it feels protective when you're running easy like there are a lot of performance trainers that like when you're doing your warm-up and cool down just feel terrible because They really are designed for running faster. But like I said, I think the longest run I did in this shoe was 16 or 17 miles, and it was fine. I mean, I wouldn't use it for a marathon, but it's protective enough that you can take it on your longer workouts and be good. So what I really like about it, one, the way that Topo Shoe fits, they're just perfect for me. I love the wide anatomical toe box. Um, They really improved the fit of the rear foot for me. I had the original Cyclone, and again, I loved using that for workouts as well. But the way that the um, the heel collar was designed on the original, it really rubbed on my Achilles. So I was just over the moon with this shoe. Um, another thing I really like about Topo is their toe spring is later, and it just feels like it gives you that extra push without like pushing you too soon into push-off. Um, I would say for me, the shoe is best at like, you know, 10 K to mile pace. Like it's fine for threshold or marathon pace, but it definitely feels better the faster you go. Um, I'm also on my second pair of Cyclone twos this year. I think I got like 275 miles on these. This is my original pair. And you can see that like I chewed up the exposed midsole. But the rubber in the forefoot is pretty much intact. Bad. Yeah, And I mean, the rubber in the heel is brand new. Even the... Because um, I oh, don't put a lot of pressure there. So what made me get a second pair was it just felt like the midsole was bottoming out in the forefoot. I started feeling it like around, I don't know, 250 miles. And then I did one workout in it and I was like, no, this is not how this shoe used to feel. So I got my new pair and, oh, yeah back to the nice bounce in the forefoot. So I can't, I literally could talk for a half an hour about my love for this shoe, but I will not. But it is definitely (laughs) my performance trainer of the year. So David, is it yours too? Topo (laughs) Cyclone (laughs) too!
3: I'm on my third pair now. This is so fun. I love this shoe. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things. And I agree with like the Topo fit, like that anatomic fit. They do a great job of locking down through the heel and midfoot without it feeling like it's encroaching too much. You just feel like it's holding you. And then that forefoot has plenty of room for toe splay and things like that. So it just feels cozy. And you don't usually associate that with performance shoes. So that in itself was already a huge win. You like put it on and you're like, oh, these actually feel pretty nice. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those shoes that I've been waiting for for a while. Where it kind of has this new generation midsole. It is PBAX all the way through. Um, It's bouncy, just like a PBAX would be. There's no plate. And so it, like, lower stack, it has a decent amount of flexibility, too. So I think that late toe spring you were talking about combined with some of that forefoot flexibility, it gives you a really natural feeling toe off while still getting a little bit of a roll out of it. And so you kind of get this, like, bouncy toe off every step. And the heel and midfoot don't feel jarring at all. Like it feels like a very natural flowing shoe. And granted, you kind of have to be okay with having some flexibility. So those that do like rigid shoes and like stiff rockers, this isn't that. But I've taken this shoe on almost any kind of workout I can imagine at this point and have loved it for everything. And even the outsole, like it's kind of more of like a road-like outsole, but the traction's not that bad. It actually sticks pretty well once you like kind of grip the ground there. I feel like it, like if you look at it on the surface, it's pretty flat. But it has these like little like, um, I don't even know what to call them, almost like little cross stitches in the rubber. And I feel like as it compresses onto the road, you actually do get a good little grab there. And I haven't had any issues with slipping, even like running fast 400s on a wet track or something. Like I haven't had any issues. So uh, it's been a shoe that I've reached for quite a bit. And um, it's one of those shoes that just brought a smile to my face, right? Like, And I haven't been able to like with how many shoes we get, It's it's almost like rare sometimes when you're just like, Wow, this is nice. Like, I'm going to really enjoy today. Absolutely. And that was something that the Vomero had given me earlier, too, where it was like just daily miles. I was like, wow, that five mile run was really fun. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just things like that. So it was nice to get that, especially because this is an earlier in the year release. So you kind of keep going through the year and you're like, is something going to beat it? Is something going to beat it? Is something going to beat it? And you get to the end, you're like, nope, nope, that's it. Cyclone 2. So, Huge shout out to the Topo team. You guys are doing some great stuff and really excited to see what comes down the line next year.
2: Yeah, I think a good test of whether we really like a shoe or not is if we buy a second pair, (laughs) you know, after putting enough miles on the first one. So the fact that you're on your third pair and I'm on my second definitely says a lot about it. And I would say the same about the traction. I've done so many rainy workouts in the Cyclone 2 and same. Like, no slipping, like, Total confidence, even taking like fast turns with sand on the road. Um, I would say it takes yeah. on water quite a bit. Like it's definitely squishy. A bit, yeah. yeah. But I don't care, you know.
3: But it's like on the men's side, it's like six point something right. ounces. So it's the same weight as a vapor fly. So, like, at a whole ounce, it's still going to be yeah. 7.5, <laughs> whatever, like 7.6.
1: It's right. still pretty light. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> what's your choice, Matt? oh
1: no no wait, seriously <laughs> what so let me there there was a lot of so I'm, for those who can't see i'm holding up the cyclone Two as hey, a huge shout players. out <laughs> he killed it man yeah so across the board a, yeah so there were a lot of close competitors in uh this and i'll, I'll reference in just a second um and there was a lot of performance shoes that came out this year. Like uh, most of them had at least one, if not whole one layer of P or super foam in them plate, stuff like that. And while that was exciting, you know, there were some durability issues. There were some things that were a little bit too stiff or just like not quite fitting the right way. So I think give you give everyone another year or two that they're going to like really optimize some of these shoes. Cause performance trainers really changed in the past. It just meant something kind of lighter. Now it's like, they're getting you throwing plates, all this other stuff. But what I really liked about this was this this the simplicity with what they were doing, full-length p-backs, still some flexibility, and a really great fit. And yes, a lot of people are using this as a racing shoe, and I can totally understand why, but it still also got the transitions necessary to just be a fun daily shoe for kind of like like for kind of whatever you want to do. And there's not a ton of shoes like that anymore. Things have become so specialized that there's not something where you're like, I'm just going to grab this and I can have one shoe that can do everything that didn't exist. So like, if you showed this to me back in the day, when I was into my super minimalist stuff, I would have gravitated and be like, this is the one shoe that I'm running in for everything. It's got the wide toe box I want. It's a little lower drop, not zero, but it's lower, great traction. You can train in it. You can do workouts race in it. That's why that kind of encompassed what a performance trainer is to me. And I think we've kind of got like I said we've gotten a little more specialized and away from that but that's what performance trainers was is you know you could run a marathon distance in them you could do an easy run you could do a workout and that this shoe really exemplifies what i was hoping for from that and like i've had the same experience david and i talked about this earlier and i think andrew just mentioned this where it actually does super well at faster paces like mile pace 10k you kind of don't expect that with that much flexibility but it just works really 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 well and it's been a shoe i've kept grabbing that you know that kind of feeling where you've been running in a super p-back shoe for a little bit too much you start getting a little wobbly and you're like "Ah, my legs kind of feel weird I don't get that from this. I think because it's not plated, it's a little low to the ground. It's just so well balanced that if you like a wide anatomic toe box and you want to try p this is one of the few things on there. So I think Topo did a phenomenal job with this shoe. And it's a shoe that I've grabbed occasionally throughout the year um, when I've had a second. So definitely... Topo, you get the across the board for performance trainer on this. So now the fun part, what runner-up options does everybody have?
2: I would say my runner-up is the Brooks Hyperion. Um, I'm a big fan of the Hyperion Mm. Tempo. Uh, I don't know how many miles I have on my pair, but it still looks brand new. But the Hyperion was basically Brooks' update to the Tempo because they kind of cleaned up their line. So the Hyperion is like their lower stack performance trainer slash old school like racing flat type shoe you've got the Hyperion Max Um, but the Hyperion I actually like the fit of the Hyperion better than the Hyperion Tempo they widen the forefoot a little bit and I'm always a fan of that Um, it just it fits almost exactly like the Hyperion Max I would say but it's just a little lower to the ground it's got the right balance between like flexibility and rigidity i think it's a little more on the firm side than the hyperion tempo although i haven't run in it in a little bit because i do so many of my workouts in the cyclone too um but it's a really great option for people who are looking for basically an old school racing flat type feel
3: i like that choice um for me, now this probably doesn't come to surprise either because people that have been following us also know I really like this shoe. And this was one of the shoes that I was trying to figure out, is this going to take the Cyclone down? And it didn't end up taking it down, but I think it's a good honorable mention, and that's the Adidas Boston 12. And some good updates to this, um, but one of the notable ones, there's more Lightstrike Pro in the forefoot there. And it, I would say it's definitely noticeable. Like you kind of have that firm EVA light strike in the heel, uh, very grounded heel, very locked in, like narrow heeled midfoot. Then it kind of widens out a little bit, not quite as wide as a topo, but um, has a relatively anatomic fit. But the engineered mesh that they do have really locks that foot down and gives you a performance feel. And the rods in them, now these ones are plastic rods, correct? They're not, Yeah. But they're still pretty rigid, and there's a little bit of flexibility, but it's like when you're loading it and you're running fast, like you really do pop off that forefoot quite a bit. And I think they did a good job with the sole flaring. feels nice and stable. Good um, cushion as well. So with the Boston 12, though, I will say, so with the Cyclone 2, I could go hit 400s any second I want to on the track. That shoe can really turn up the speed without any issue. The Boston 12 doesn't do that quite as well. The Boston 12 is more on the other side, where if I have a 20 plus mile long run and I'm going to be throwing some marathon pace efforts into it, this would probably be the choice over the cyclone. Um, This one definitely leans more towards the longer distances, getting into rhythm and just being able to pop off of it. With that said, though, I can still get down pretty close to like 10K-ish pace and still feel okay. And that's still, that's plenty of speed that you would need for any kind of work or effort that you need. And so talking about like what Klein was saying earlier, that performance trainer that can just do a little bit of everything and whatever you want it to do, it can kind of tackle it. Um, I do feel like the Boston 12 checks almost everything, just not quite as well as the Cyclone 2. So for
1: me, this is not my runner up, but I did like that the Boston 12 finally got back to being a Boston, the 10 and 11 were very removed from that. The ten we really like, but for very different reasons. Um, I totally agree with David that it it goes on the side of the longer distance stuff. From like, if the Audio's Pro three is too much for you, this is a great option that can handle training and can still move pretty quick. But I also felt the same thing where it's like, if I'm trying to get real speed, like two hundred four hundred, it's not going to do it. If I want a tempo run or long run, like up tempo long run, it' phenomenal. The only thing that I that prevented me from ch- trying this or doing. Bringing this up as a favorite of the year was the midfoot narrowed, and the way they set up this plastic piece again. I don't actually know—is it plastic or I don't remember what the rods I'm are pre- made of, or, or fiber glass so, or something? Yeah, yeah. Something. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. But the lateral extension here shoves me very quickly into the into the medial midfoot so that was something that while i did get 100 miles out of my pair and their durability is phenomenal in these as are a lot of the out of zero stuff that's kind of what prevented me so people that have maybe some lateral stability needs you actually might do really well with this shoe those that need medial the the stableness that the ten eleven had is not there anymore it's still it's not terrible it's just be aware of that but i thought the update is a massive improvement i'm really excited to see where they take this um yeah for me this category was really challenging there was a lot of of really decent shoes in this area so i'm actually gonna have to split this between two shoes one of which is not going to be really expected but there's these are really good and i was very excited for them that there was some shortcomings with both of them that prevented them from really getting up to the top so the two options and this is going to come maybe as a surprise was the Saucony Kinvara Pro, which was one of them that I really, really enjoyed, especially for long runs and up-tempo efforts. And the Ultra Forward, actually, was also a performance trainer for me, or like a runner-up, because despite not being meant for that, I did, like, almost every run I did in this shoe turned into a workout. And I'm not really sure why, because (laughs) it's not really meant to do that. It's definitely lighter in that mid-8-ounce range. It's definitely got a snappier foam. It is a little bit stiffer, Ah, uh, the heel bevel is amazing, but and I like having an anatomic toe box. But the four millimeter drop twist took some pressure off there. It's a shoe that I've been kind of wondering if they would ever make for like over a decade, and now they have it. So I really have enjoyed the shoe. The things that really prevented me from choosing either one of these as Performance Trainer of the Year. For Ultra is the durability. Like I have I haven't gotten a ton more miles of this shoe just because we've had so much other stuff to do. But I'm just ripping through the outsole like nobody's business, despite there being some reinforcement or what I think of. So durability is something that I'm really, really concerned about. But outside that, it's been really good. The Canvara Pro, I think needs is is a great shoe. Durability was also a concern where I actually created a massive medial wedge here. And uh, <laughs> that eventually started to bother my T-band. But I think for a first attempt at a shoe like this it is it was a really good thing and i this is my favorite long run shoe of the year like i could strap this on and i was just i could go for miles and miles and miles and no matter like hilly terrain whatever it was really good it's just the durability was a bit of a challenge for me so i'd like to see a little bit more outsole material while hopefully keeping this thing a little bit lighter but i think both of them were solid options but because both had durability issues didn't quite make it but things some that may want to consider the other thing is it was also very stable neutral for me in both so that's what i thought
0: Well, that's all we have for part one. Remember, next week, you can tune in for the second half of this discussion where they go through their favorite long-distance racing shoes, short-distance racing shoes, and trail shoes. If you want to continue to follow what we're doing at Doctors of Running, you can go to doctorsofrunning.com and see all of our work that has shoe reviews but also our guides for new runners, guide to stability shoes, a lot of discussions on biomechanics and rehabilitation. It's all there on doctorsofrunning.com. You can also follow us on social at Running. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.